Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of From the Booth. I'm your host, the Sideline Statsman, and today we're talking baseball. Yes, that's right. In case you guys don't know already, I have created the TSS series. So the TSS series works like a TV channel. Twice a week, you're going to get a podcast that comes up, and you'll be talking about whatever's trending. So if basketball's trending, you're going to get an episode of Brick Nation, which covers all NBA, NCAA, all basketball. If baseball's trending like right now, you'll get an episode of From the Booth. It'll be uploaded straight to the TSS series. You can listen straight through there. And if football is trending, NFL, NCAA, you name it, XFL even, it'll be posted on the pigskin pulpit. So you can make sure to listen to that also for the TSS series. All episodes will be uploaded under the name TSS series, and you can listen to it on iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spotify, Apple Music, and Stitcher. Make sure to check me out, man. I'm telling you, you won't be disappointed. So let's talk about what the big stories are before we get any further. We got two stories we're going to cover, and then we're going to have a big prediction topic at the end. First, we're going to talk about the agreement between the MLB and Fanatics involving coronavirus. And then we're going to talk about the Noah Syndergaard injury, how that affects the Mets, and then does that, how does that impact the contention and the rivalries and the possibility of the Mets even winning the East anymore? Can they still win the National League East if they don't have Noah Syndergaard? We'll have to find out. So let's get started. MLB Fanatics. Fanatics is a website and a company that sells sports memorabilia and merchandising for any sport you can think of, ranging from the World Baseball Classic all the way down even to UFC, World Cup, IndyCar. They got everything. It goes every single sport you can think of. They probably carry it. So they are now the carriers for the new Nike jerseys that have come out. They're really cool, and all the Majestic equipment has been, um, in a way, been discounted because they're trying to clear the stocks. They can make room for their Nike stuff. And because they have such a surplus of Nike jerseys for every team, and there's no baseball to be played, not a lot of people are buying the jerseys. So the MLB struck an agreement with Fanatics to take those extra jerseys and make them into hospital masks, and gowns. So they'll take the jerseys, they'll turn them into gowns, they'll turn them into masks that they can wear that'll protect them while they're taking care of patients. There's a big shortage in this country right now involving that. The the pandemic has gotten out of hand. We're trying everything we can to try to get this under control. Hopefully it gets better sooner sooner than it gets worse. But only time will tell. Um... Fanatics' plan is to use the raw materials they use for their jerseys, so the the actual fabrics, to make protective masks and the hospital gowns so they can beat the shortage. The shortage in equipment is estimated around $3.5 billion. That's just in face masks alone. In the face masks, it's an expected shortage of $3.5 billion. That comes straight from the Department of Health and Human Services. So they're saying that you, we're going to have a shortage of about 3.5 billion masks. So this is a little, it's a little tiny dot in there, but it, it's something to start with. 
We're finally getting into this. We're diving deep to try to help, even if it only adds 1% away. It adds 1% to the other 99 we need to get. This is the great first step, and we're going to work our way to try to improve from here on out. Hopefully, Fanatics isn't the only one that's going to do this. You're going to have other companies step up and work their way out. If Nike can jump in, if Reebok can jump in, if New Balance can jump in, if all these different companies can jump in and help out, including Adidas and Puma, if they all jump in, I guarantee you we can make up a lot of ground. But that's their decision. So Fanatics is going to begin production of these masks and gowns in their 360,000 square foot facility in Pennsylvania, Easton. That's where they produce all the jerseys and make everything. Their plan is to produce around a million masks and gowns. That's the expected um, output. But it depends on how how much of this material they have. If they don't have enough, the number may be lower. If they have a lot more, maybe we can pass the number of 1 million. Again, anything helps at this point. So the first batches that they're pretty much going to use consist of, even if you guys might not care about this, the first batches they're focusing on are Phillies jerseys and Yankee jerseys because that's really what they have in the Pennsylvania region. That's the big surplus. They have a bunch of Phillies jerseys. They have a lot of Yankees jerseys. So you're going to have the pinstripe masks that you wear in the hospitals, and they're going to have pinstripe gowns, all made from the jerseys that they've created. So hopefully this is going to make a lot of a difference. We want to we want to get past this pandemic as soon as possible. Not only as sports fans to watch our sports again, but also just so we can finally get this country back on track. We're falling apart because we're not we're losing people are out of work. People are out of work and we can't keep up. So we need to focus on getting people back into their jobs as soon as possible, which means we got to take on this pandemic head on and just find the cure as fast as possible, no matter what it takes. The distribution of equipment has already begun, uh, spanned out starting in Philly, within Pennsylvania. So in the state of Pennsylvania, they've already started the distribution. And their plan is next to distribute to New Jersey and New York, which include the most affected areas, really. So they're going to do everything they can to get all the equipment as much out as possible over there. I mean, when, when Rob Manfred was asked about it, they, he said, we hope this effort can play a part in coming together as a community to help us through this challenging situation. I mean, that's a great response from Rob Manfred right there. You need, we, need to come to, we need to make sure that we do everything we can so we can get past this. That's all it means. And when, we, and when the executive chairman for Fanatics was asked about this, he said, as the demand for masks and gowns has surged, we're fortunate to have teamed up with Major League Baseball to find a unique way to support our frontline workers in this fight to stem the virus, who are in dire need of essential resources. Fanatics is willingly tearing up these jerseys and, and making something new, a new effective product to help fight this and beat the disease. We need to make sure that we all stay indoors. I'm now going to preach this. Stay indoors. Don't go outside unless you absolutely need to. If you're running low on resources, go into the supermarkets, get what you need. Make sure you're wearing protective equipment on you. Make sure you've got you've bought you've got um, gloves or a mask, something so you don't contract anything while you're outside. Because when you're outside, you're more likely to catch it as well. 
Make sure that you stay inside as much as possible. Find different ways to occupy your time. I mean, we got cell phones. You've got every piece of technology you can think of in your home. Occupy your time with that. If you're bored, do something. Do something to occupy your time. Play cards. Um, me, me and my free time, I like to do research and I like to study up on stats because, you know, the name the sideline statsman. I like to study up on stats, read up on information on players, just try to gain as much knowledge as possible so when I have conversations, I don't feel, I don't look like I don't know what I'm talking about. That's what I like to do, but that's just a personal thing I love. So do what you feel like, whatever you like doing, focus on it and just ex- enhance that. This is the time to do that. Build on that passion. This is the perfect time to do it. Stay in your house. Do that. And finally, make sure to wash your hands. Stay clean. Shower. Do what you have to do. Make sure that you are a clean person. You lower your risk of contracting the virus. Do whatever you have to do. That's all I have to say. God bless fanatics for doing what they're doing. It's a great thing. But now let's move on to the next story. The next story which a lot of Mets fans, New York fans know about. Everyone's been raving about the pitching situation. So many great pitchers they have on that roster and in that rotation. But it took a hard hit. In the past couple days, we found out that starting pitcher Noah Thor Syndergaard is going to miss the entire season. Whether it's even played or not is irrelevant. It's the fact that he is injured and the, in- and the injury to his right elbow got worse. So it got pro- it progressively got worse, and it got to the point where he talked to medical experts, and they said that he should get surgery. Specific surgery, Tommy John. Tommy John will knock you out for a long time. It will. And they expect him not to be ready until the summer of next year. Summer 2021 is the expected day where Noah Syndergaard can return from his injury. So he's going to miss half of next season as well. This is an injury that's definitely going to hurt the Mets. The Mets are going to feel this. It's painful because he's one of your aces. You don't want to lose that guy. But hopefully you guys can find a little bright spot in there because it's not it's not the worst thing. Here's why. It doesn't hurt them as bad because they've got so many different pitchers on that roster that they can use. You could even throw relievers in there. And I guarantee you they'll do a really good job as a starter, like Seth Lugo. I guarantee you, you put him in, he's going to have a decent job as a starter. But that's not the person I'm talking about here. Even without Noah Syndergaard, their rotation still includes Jacob DeGrom, Michael Washa, Marcus Stroman, Rick Porcello, and Steven Matz. That's five guys. I'm pretty sure I said the name wrong. I meant to say Michael Waka. So, Michael Waka, sorry, not Washa. These five guys are probably going to be the rotation when the year begins, or if it even does begin. So, that puts their average year rate about a 4-1-4, and their strikeouts per season, actually, among all of them combined. The average comes out to about 162.8 strikeouts. That's a lot of strikeouts. On average for each player... This is still a really strong rotation. I don't see any flaws with them. The only thing I might be shaky on is that Porcello had a really bad year last year. His ERA was above a was about 5.5. Can't have that happen. We need to see a serious improvement. 
because Porcello is in is getting older, and we need to see that he's still got that little flare in his in his fastball. If we don't see it, sorry, might be an issue there. You might have to go. The point is, they're loaded. They got what they need. It's not a big concern to me that Noah Syndergaard is hurt. To Mets fans, diehard Mets fans, they're they're upset because Syndergaard's one of their favorite players. He's been there for so long. It just sucks to see him out again, and this time for a, f- a long period of time. This reminds me of like Nathan Eovaldi. When he got hurt with the Yankees, they ended up trading him away, and he was amazing. With the He did a really good job with the Rays and a rebound, and then he went to Boston. And he's been a he's pretty pretty solid pitcher over there since. Evaldi was a great example. Uh, the Mets, this could be a similar situation. Syndergaard only got a couple he's only got a f- couple years left on his contract. You want to make sure that you uh you want you monitor his status. If it gets worse and it doesn't look like he's gonna be the same player, consider releasing him, consider a trade, do what you gotta do. Cut your losses. But they're not they're not in trouble. The Mets still have a good chance to win the East. How does this affect their chances? I don't I think it does hurt them a little bit, but not on the extent where we're like, oh my god, they're gonna have a losing record. No. No. They're they're still gonna be a strong team. It's just about making sure that the bats can reflect what the pitching can. If the, if the bats can match the pitching, we're fine. Everybody's gotta stay healthy. And they got to make sure that they've been that they keep training during this time off. Don't slip up. Don't take any breaks. Keep keep yourself in shape, because the second this restarts, it's going to be quick. When everything gets better, you're going to see the league start up quick, right right away again. So we got you got to prepare. Stay training. Do what you got to do. You'll be there. Got to be prepared. This leads me to the final segment, which I didn't mention, which is who has the best rotation in the National League East? With the Syndergaard injury, I think the idea that the Mets have the best rotation has fallen out of that. The argument has fallen back. It's taken a serious hit. So how? who really does have it? This is a prediction segment, an opinion segment I have. So let's go through them real quick. Five teams in the National League East. You have the Washington Nationals, you've got the Atlanta Braves, the New York Mets, Florida Marlins, correction, Miami Marlins, still love that Florida team so much, and Philadelphia Phillies. Those are are your five teams. They're aces for each team. Nats acer, ace is pretty much, it's a debate. You could really say it's Steven Strasburg or Max Scherzer, but I'm going to go with Strasburg. For the Braves, it's Mike. It's Soroka. Soroka is definitely 100% their ace. The Mets, no doubt DeGrom. The Marlins, very debatable because a lot of these guys here raise around a four, except for uh, Pablo Lopez. But I think I'm going to say Sandy Alcantara. There's a real development in this kid that people believe he's going to be a star. And I saw it when I wrote my article last year involving the Marlins being the um, have a bright future ahead over the next few years because they've got a lot of young guys. They're rebuilding talent and enhancing their farm system. And although these guys have four-year raise, that doesn't hide the fact that these guys have a lot of potential to improve and get better as they age up, as they mature. 
And then for the Phillies, their ace, it could be anybody. I'm saying Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola is like the definition of the Philadelphia Phillies pitching-wise. Because they definitely in Jake Arrieta. As for the rest of the rotation, for the Nats, it's Strasburg, Scherzer, Corbin, Anibal Sanchez, and Joe Ross. For the Atlanta Braves, it's Soroka, Max Fried, Mike Fultinowitz, Sean Newcomb, and Felix the King Hernandez. For the Mets, DeGrom, Marcus Stroman, Rick Porcello, Stephen Matz, Michael Waka. For the Marlins, Caleb Smith, Sandy Alcantara, Jose Urena, Pablo Lopez, and Jordan Yamamoto. And then for the Phillies, Nola, Zach Wheeler, Jake Arrieta, Vincent Velasquez, Zach Eflin. There's a lot of guys here. I know I named a lot of names. But we got to figure this out. I'm going to do it ranking style. I'm not going to do straight up who's this best, who's the worst. I'm just going to rank them. Worst rotation out of all of them, looking at just the talent. Let's just put it out there. All these teams have a very strong rotation. In my opinion, they really do, besides the Marlins. So the Marlins have to be at the bottom. The Marlins are just not at that level yet. I need to see a big step up this year, or else they're still staying at the bottom. Do they have the potential? Yes, they have the potential to not be the worst in the division. But the fact of the matter is, right now they are. So the Marlins are last. Right right above them, I'm going to put down... I'm going to put the Phillies right right above them. Because they got Nola, they got Wheeler, they got Arietta. Arietta had a down year last year. Velasquez, really irrelevant last year. And Eflin... Eflin's got some improving to do. All these guys have their little flaws in there on that Phillies team. Again, I'm not hating on any of them. The Nats, the Braves, the Mets, and the Phillies all have great pitching rotations that can bring them to the playoffs, make them playoff teams. However, I'm giving it to the I'm putting the Phillies at four because, well, they don't have the same amount of talent as the three above them. Third, I'm putting the Braves. The Braves have Soroka, yeah. They've got Freed, great pitcher. Sean Newcomb, very underrated pitcher in this league. Very underrated. He's, he's been quietly solid. Um, Mike Fultinowitz, it's, it's no joke. He's amazing. Great pitcher. And right at the end, Felix Hernandez. Felix Hernandez really brings it all down. Hernandez is old. He doesn't have the, he doesn't have the same motions. You see the motions very shaky when he throws now. I don't see the same speed on that ball. He doesn't have the same drop on his curve. I don't it's it's off. I don't know if it's his placement or something else, but fact of the matter is it hurts the Braves rotation and that's why I'm putting them down at third. So, second I'm going to put the Mets. The Mets, DeGrom, Cy Young winner two years in a row. Come on. Stroman Rising star in the Blue Jays got traded to them last year. Solid outing. Rick Porcello needs to have a rebound year. He's been amazing in the past. Need to see him get back to the days when he was on the Tigers. Steven Matz. Solid. Very solid starter. And then Michael Waka. I just need to see Waka get back to his old ways. A couple years ago, he was one of the hottest starters in the league. 
I need to see him get back to that level. Last year he had a, he had a little he fell down a little bit. I need to see him get back there. If he gets back there, this team is to p- potentially number one in rotation wise, and then number one, no doubt in my mind, the Washington Nationals. Steven Strasburg, the hero, the hero of the World Series last year. Max Scherzer, Cy Young winner. Come on. Patrick Corbin, star that came from the Diamondbacks I got last year. Kid is amazing. He's like, he's going to be the next star, hopefully. Anibal Sanchez, another great pitcher. And then Joe Ross. I didn't know much about Ross. I watched a little bit of tape. Kid, the guy's really good. He's He's got some serious skill. And he really adds a lot to this roster at the end because you feel like you're getting a weak pitcher, usually when you get to the fifth one. But he's been solid. Don't let the don't let the uh, perception and his placement affect your judgment. Dude is great pitcher. Nats are solid in every single pitching category. That's why I have them at number one. Every other team has that tiny little flaw. Nats, I don't see a flaw. That's why they're number one. So again, in order, the Nationals' best pitching rotation in the National League East, no doubt in my mind. Second, the Mets... Heard it. Uh, injury Syndergaard really brought them out of that number one position. As long as Porcello gets back to where he needs to be, we're good here. Third, I mean, look at the Braves. They got a lot of great pitchers. Uh, Felix Hernandez brings down that whole entire rotation. Him alone. He brings down the entire thing. In the fourth spot, I got the Phillies. Nola, great pitcher. Wheeler, great pitcher. Rest of the team, a little shaky. And then at the end, Marlins, I mean, you're young. We don't, you guys are making a lot of mistakes. I need to see a serious improvement in order to even consider putting you above the Phillies. But otherwise, you guys got a good future ahead of you. So yeah, this has been From the Booth. I'm the Sideline Statsman. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at tstatsman and on Instagram at the.sideline.statsman. I'll be putting up another episode on Tuesday, so stay tuned. We'll see you next time. Have a great day, everybody.